Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Roker Report Exiles podcast in association with Vaux Breweries. I'm Richard Spitt. I'm halfway up a mountain in northwest Wales and I'm joined down the line from Ireland, from the mountains of um, Dublin by Michael Dunn. You right there, Michael? All right, Rich. Everything's all good? Not so bad, not so bad. And I'm from Sheffield by Chris Wynn. You right there, mate? Uh, not bad. Thanks, Rich. All right. I'm not so bad at all. I've got a gin in front of me. I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Um, well, we've had a we've had a an interesting week of football. Um, a lot to talk about today. We'll be talking about uh, Shrewsbury Town, where me and Michael were uh, on Saturday to see us lose, and we'll be talking about Oxford United last night. Uh, it was recording tonight on uh, on Wednesday. And uh, and losing that game and looking ahead to Saturday against Southend and hopefully not losing that um, against one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, we'll also be getting a match report from the Oxford United match from Brett. And Chris, you were talking to Brett last night, weren't you? Yes, and he was uh, stuck in a huge traffic jam he was. Outside, the, outside the ground last night. So we had plenty yeah. of time to talk about it. Absolutely, he sent us some pictures. He didn't look like he was going anywhere. Um, and we've also got an interview with um, Sean Coxon from the North America Supporters Association on NASA, as well as our uh, regular feature, playing away the game where we get um, our contributors to guess the starting lineup from a historic Sunderland match on on this day, or as close as I could find. So. We'll start with Shrewsbury, I think. Um, Michael, you you were there with me. <laughs> we, I think we, I think we do. It hasn't been covered yet, has it? Uh, but um, you were there with me. Your journey was a, a, a hell of a lot longer than mine, and it didn't go smoothly. I think I think that was the case for a lot of fans there. Though I'm sure there were a few who didn't actually make it. So, uh, do you want to surmise your day and tell us and tell us? Uh, how you got over to Shrewsbury from, from your base in Dublin? Absolute nightmare is the only words I can use to describe Saturday morning <laughs> and all the time up to the match. Um, so set off from Dublin at about four in the morning to get a flight to Birmingham, which was fine. That was, that was grand. But obviously I didn't realise when I got to Birmingham that it was absolutely lashing rain all Friday night in England, it seemed, south southern England. Yeah, and um, Wales as well, and Wales as well. It was absolutely rotten when I got there. Um, so I was actually, first beer, I thought the game was going to be called off. And I was like, what am I going to do here all day? But anyway, it was okay. Um, so we got to, me and my mate Gary, he was a bit later. He got a flight at 10 o'clock from Birmingham, or from Dublin to Birmingham. And uh, so we got the truck, we were on the train from New Street to, to Shrewsbury. But um, we were just sitting down, you know, we we're getting excited because we're on halfway there. Had a couple of cans on the train, only for um, a speaker to come over the train to say, um, last stop is Wolverhampton and all trains to Shrewsbury are cancelled. And I think five minutes later, I got a text off you to say that uh, all trains to Chester after the match are cancelled because I was going on to Chester afterwards to my sisters. So all of a sudden I was like, what am I going to do? I don't think I'm going to make the match. And even worse, Rich, I think I had your tickets as well, didn't I? I had to get for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you'd owed me my tickets, yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> we managed we we managed to uh, go and collect them 
for yeah. you and for and for Gary and 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 me, and my lad as well, um, to to save a bit of time and to make sure that we'd at least get in the ground yeah, and we didn't get there. <laughs> but um, we got to Wolverhampton anyway, and it was actually a good few Sunderland fans stranded around Wolverhampton, and then um, we were outside some pub there for a while, um, and I think there was maybe 60, 70 Sunderland fans there, and then the train to put a few buses on to get people to Shrewsbury but they were looking like it wasn't even going to be there before three o'clock if we got the bus um so a good few Sunderland uh, just Sunderland fans just said right we'll go to the pub for the day and just get pissed essentially so but I had traveled from Dublin so I was like determined to make the match um so we got a taxi with a couple of other lads um from Wolverhampton to Shrewsbury which is it's a good guts of an hour drive needless to say when uh we lost one nil I felt like an absolute idiot. <laughs> you did. You got there on time, though. Yeah, I got there, what, 20 past two, actually. We had time yeah. before the game started as well, in fairness. We were looking yeah, enough. But... We met you about, about 22, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight in the ground. But, um, you see, it's not worthwhile. Back in, back in, the, back in the glory days, uh, Stuart Donald would have come to pick you up in the team court, wouldn't he? Yeah. We were, say, we were saying that it's a pity he's off Twitter now, so we couldn't even contact him. <laughs> he would have let, lent you a car, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> he's, done, he's done that before. But, uh, or was it with the Niall Quinn story when they were stranded in the Cardiff? He put all the taxis on as well. Yeah, we got there anyway in time, but uh, ended up being a lot more expensive and uh, a lot longer than I thought it would. It was a, a long journey for you. I mean, for us, it wasn't so bad. It was, it's, you know about two hours from from my base in, in North West Wales. It's actually one of the closest games uh, it yeah. was last season. Um, you say but it, it, afterwards as well. Well, yeah, I'll give, I give you a lift up to your sisters in, in yeah. Chester, which was, which, was, which was no issue for us. Thank you very passed, much. We passed Chester on the way. And you were, you were straight out as well, straight down the pub. Yeah, absolutely needed us after that day. <laughs> and it's totally. been a long night too. Well, after all that, the, the put in a show like that as well. Oh, I know. It's just a kick between the legs after all that, isn't it? Well, it wasn't the worst performance in the world, and I think yeah. a lot of people have said that. Yeah. I mean, it was very attacking. We were very attacking-minded, very set up really well. It was let down by a couple of individuals, so I can... Yeah, I, I, I thought it was okay. It was kind of one of the only 1-0 games or any Sunderland defeat I've come out of thinking, well, I'm not that disappointed about how we played, really, because another day we could have won that 3-4-1 because I, I think they've only had two chances the whole game. Absolutely. I mean, we hit the we hit the post twice. One was yeah. um, Maguire's uh, screamer from outside the box in the in yeah. the first half, and then oh nine m- header, a lovely header from oh nine, wasn't it? I don't know how he managed to direct it, but he was like he was facing directly at us. We were quite 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 close to the pitch, weren't we? Yeah. Um. And and that was that was agonising. And then and then uh, Max Powers deflected shot onto the bar. I mean, we were really close to scoring on McGee, several McGee occasions. A few balls across the box as well, didn't he? he was, there was a lot of crosses going in. Yeah, no, and all nine was getting into some really advanced positions as well. But we, we were let down by that two minutes of, oh, I don't know what it was. But I still think for, for all of our... I mean, we were more attacking, but I just think the front four was still poor, though. Oh, Greg is poor. It just, yeah. It, well, I think McGeady as well. I, I still think... I, I mean, McGeady had flashes, but generally... I mean, for for quite a lot of the game, it was like we were man down. He seems to be getting frustrated. He was getting fr- he was getting frustrated at the fans. I mean, he was looking yeah, at me. That. He was looking at me and you. Yeah. <laughs> like at one point yeah. when uh, when he failed to get a crossing, crossing, uh, looking at us like we didn't know what we were talking about. But uh, bloody hell, it was uh, it it was a it was a funny performance because any other day we would have come out of that two one winners and maybe a bit lucky, you know, but. It, it was a, it was a funny one. I mean, it was a, it was a very wet pitch. I don't know if that made any difference. It's a, it's a nice modern stadium, and the pitch drained reasonably well. But yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I only realised last season that uh, they'd left Gear Meadow. Yeah, it's New Meadow. It's right on the outskirts yeah. of outskirts of town. I go past it all the time on the train up and down up and down the borders in Wales. Obviously, I don't keep tracks on Shrewsbury Town, so I didn't realise no. that, uh, they'd left Gear Meadow. Well, we were there last. There. We were there last year. As, as I say, it's quite close to us, so uh, we made a point of going last year. It was my lad's first game last year, actually. Win last year. It was, and Luke nine scored, and and yeah. and it was a great, it was a great day out, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. And we were expecting, we were expecting something quite similar, and it was a good away day as well. I mean, we went to the pub beforehand, met up with one of the other uh, lads from Rockborough, Paul Paddy, who's just moved down to Aberystwyth, 
um, for a for a, for a drink beforehand. Um, I think we went to the Wild Pig, which is kind of I think one of the designated fan pubs. Um, it was it was a it was a good day out all around for for us. Um, it was a long one for you. Right? <laughs> yeah, long one. Funny and then mention that about about Shrewsbury being your lad's first game. It was uh, it was my lad's first game last season, but he, it, it was the home game against Shrewsbury. Ah, uh, oh, nice. And he's only six, but it was. Uh, it was his first game, and it was. Uh, between, was it? <laughs> yeah, and he, he, surprise, surprise. it was between Christmas and New Year, and it was yeah, about minus five, and he was freezing. <laughs> and uh, after about an hour, he said, "Can we go on?" I said, "Yeah, come on, <laughs> get off. If this is going to end one-one, so go on, we're off." Yeah, the, 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 I don't think my lads experienced the kind of the cold, the extreme cold at the match as yet. But um, it was okay on Saturday. It, it was. It was nice. I mean, in the end, we in the end, it was sunny. Yeah, it was. Yeah, dried yeah. up actually as the as the day went on. Thank God. <laughs> but the trains were still got. The my Gary nearly got shafted in Shrewsbury as well. There was. Remember, you dropped him to the station, and he texted us to say all the trains after this one have been cancelled to Birmingham. So the tra- train tracks obviously flooded for the whole day. Uh, it's it's been flooded all week. I've got yeah. colleagues who've been trying to get to Cardiff, and they haven't been able to get there. So yeah, it's it's still a problem. So. Those brave souls like yourself who made it over to Shrewsbury, um, you know, well, well done you. Serious mental illness questions going on after that day. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, oh, well. we'll start talking about anything else except Shrewsbury. I think it's just so, one of them to to take take on the chin and and forget about. I think Shrewsbury. Let's talk about Oxford then. Any better? Yeah, <laughs> Oxford. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's much of an improvement. Uh, I don't know. I think it was. Do I, you? I think I think we deserve the win. I, th- I think we were the better team. I mean, I, th- I think last 10, 15 minutes, Oxford were hanging on. Yeah, There's only one team going to win it. We should I mean, have had I, a penalty or two, shouldn't we? It was, oh, well, nine should have had a penalty. Joe Lynch got in the first half, yeah. Yeah, Lynch but, was, I mean, he was, it was like GPH by the keeper. Absolutely, Polex. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see that bit. Um, I, I, I think I joined the the, uh, the pictures at about 20 minutes in, so I, I missed that bit. But um, all nines was blatant, I have to say. Absolutely blatant. Well, Lynch's was one of those where he kind of, it almost knocks it out for what looks to be a goal kick, but the, the keeper just completely wipes him out and it's looking yeah. the other way. Anywhere else on the pitch and it's a free it's kick free. in the other car. Yeah. And power Mr. Sitter as well. Oh, man. I'm not sure how he managed it. We got in the positions, we created the chances again, we just, we just didn't put them away and, and surely... I mean, I'd be more worried if we weren't creating the chances, but surely at some point they've got to start going in. It's the, I don't know, I just worry about Greg, though. I just don't think he's going to consistently get you goals, like, or Charlie Wyke or Magnolti, who I actually, talking to a Hibs fan I know as well, was saying he looks completely unfit this year in comparison to last year when he was at, was he at them? And uh, even last night, I think he's put on weight. You can see it in him. Like, he just, I don't know if he's as fit as he was, but I don't know what you saw, if you I, saw that. I, I noticed. I have to say, I, I was thinking that myself last night, and and with the with the Grig situation, when he stepped up to take that pen, I knew in the, shoot, in the shootout. You could tell. Yeah. I, I was I was like, well, you're not going to score this. No. Had no, he should no intent, no focus on what he was doing. It, it was it was a very strange. I mean, because the camera was quite close, up. I was watching on a big screen, and and you, you could you could see it. You could see he wasn't going to score. Like if I stepped up to take a penalty in the penalty shootout, I wouldn't think I was going to score, and that, I think that's how he was looking at it. Seems a bit odd, yeah. but he actually looks sad, like playing. He doesn't look like he's playing with a bit of like a man who's happy where he is or how he's playing. Like he just looks kind of like I don't even want to be here. Like I had I had thought at um, Wickham that he he did look like he was playing with a bit more energy. Yeah, he just looks very lethargic or something. I don't know. It's fun. It's well, a funny one. I think his head was going down. I mean, when, you know, towards the end of Jack Ross, he, he was hardly getting a chance uh, in front of goal because we, w- we didn't create that many chances. And the last few games, we've actually created quite a few chances. Yeah, we started to attack and he seems to be getting yeah. the odds, you know, half a chance here, half a chance there that he wasn't getting before. But he doesn't seem sharp enough to be able to take them. No. It's putting putting those low crosses in into the centre, you know, um, rather than, you know, Banging a high ball in and hoping that something's going to fall down to him. We've been zipping balls across the box, and and that's been creating chances. That should suit him. That should suit Ab- him as well. Absolutely, it's playing to his strengths, isn't it? 
yeah. But he hasn't really, well, he's got we got one goal, got a goal against Tranmere the other night. But we'll see over South End could be a good opportunity for him to maybe get a couple of goals because they're a fairly leaky defence as well. But, um, but their, their, their form is not good. I mean, no. they've won, won one game all season. They've... I know. Yeah. But they're looking at the new manager bounce, aren't they? Sol Campbell's in there now. Yeah, so. exactly. See what happens. So. And I think he was watching us last night as well, but according to uh, Benno and, and Barnsley, because um, well, I, I listened to the commentary to begin with, and uh, yeah, he was sat a few seats along from them, so he was there watching us. Uh, I don't know what he would have made of it. Well, I hope he wrote down three five two because I, I, I assume we'll then fought the back on Saturday. Absolutely, and, and and we did switch to that, didn't we? Uh, when when um, Lynch went off injured, in, yeah, he, he went in for a tackle. He fouled someone and seemed to pull something. Well, I, I think he was. I think he was on a bit of a tightrope, Lynch, because first half yeah. he crunched someone, should have gotten the yellow card, and then second half, the one where he actually got injured. I mean, that was a, that was probably bordering on a yellow card as well, but. I think uh, probably luckily for him, he he crocked himself um, in in making the tackle. But actually, it, it'll probably be a miss if, uh, if it's a bad one on his name. He's been really good since he's come in. I think him and Willis have actually been quite good together. Definitely marked improvement on the last two, Baldwin and Flanagan, in comparison to last year. Even though we've kept conceding goals, um, yeah. I mean, watching the watching the goal back just to skip back a, a game, watching the goal back um, from Shrewsbury because I mean, when we were there, we couldn't quite realise how they'd managed to score. How they got the ball in the box uh, against two down the wing was uh, was was quite remarkable. But then there was a lack of reaction in the centre, um, I think from Willis, uh, which was, looking back on it, it's probably what what was the cost us the goal in terms of them being able to get a shot on target. So, But they do look more solid and you've got more confidence in them on the ball and more confidence in their experience and their kind of their nous around the pitch, really. Yeah, well, I think you've summed it up there when you were talking about, I mean, because I think, uh, I mean, it's been our problem for years, but defending from out wide, our fullbacks, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time we had decent fullback. Um, and and teams just seem to get the ball into the box in wide areas so easily against us. And then after that, I mean, half the time, if it's bobbing around the area, it's just a lottery whether it drops to someone's feet and they stick it away. It was the only the other thing as well is that, McGee, uh, McGeady wasn't helping Hume out whatsoever um, on Saturday when the balls were coming into the box. It was usually two on one, and um, that's the biggest problem with McGeady when he's playing. You just you just expecting him not to contribute really defensively, um, which is just not good for a guy like Hume as well. He's not really an experienced defender at this level either. He's yeah. been exposed, isn't he? Yeah. He's been exposed there. And I think it's one of the reasons last night he went with three at the back. I think he he decided to use the League Cup Parkinson to to kind of test out three at the back with wing back. So you're not reliant on people like Watmore and McGeady getting back in and kind of you know backing up the the fullbacks because that's not their natural game. Well, well McGeady just won't do it. And I think that's what last night he kind of played him off. Um, he kind of played him off the striker, didn't he? More centrally, which is probably probably the best idea with McGeady at the minute because he he seems a bit lost out wide. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether um, Watmore's back in on Saturday. I think if he is, we'll be a lot more dangerous. Um, and, you know, who would have thought that a few weeks ago when we didn't even know whether he'd be playing again for us? But um, Parkinson's seemed to have given him a, a new lease of life, but probably it was just a coincidence in terms of the timing of his his recovery from the series of injuries he's had. But um, I think Ooh. if he's there, it's it, it'll going to make a big difference throughout the way that we play, the style of play. Yeah, well, it's it's amazing what a bit of pace can do, and he's so direct as well, you know. And again, a team like Southend who will cause them so much problems because half the time I don't think Watmore even knows what he's going to do, which is great because <laughs> it confuses the defenders as well. Well, I tell you what, we better score a few goals on Saturday. I, I was working out last night. I, if if uh, if we don't score on Saturday, me and the boy will have uh, travelled over one thousand one hundred miles in the last three weeks, over twenty hours to see three games and see us score no goals. So the bloody better, <laughs> or, or the lad will he'll turn and he'll go he'll support Liverpool or something, you know. Uh, he seemed fairly committed on Saturday, Rich. I won't be given. I won't be too worried about him. <laughs> I know we're going to have to watch him in years ahead. I tell you, uh, he reminds me of a young Michael Dunn there. Can... <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll move on because uh, we've got we've got a, a few things that are going to come in into the pod uh, once we finish talking. 
Um, we're gonna um, go now. I think because we've talked about uh, we talked about Southend. Uh, uh, sorry, um, Southend and Shrewsbury at length. I think we're gonna um, go over now to the chat that you had with um, Brett Lyons Davis, um, our uh, other regular host of the pod, who was at the Oxford game last night. And Chris, you spoke to him on Skype last night after the match, as you were saying. So we'll go over to that now. This is uh, Chris Wynn, and I'm in my house in Sheffield, having just watched that, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say a disaster because we played all right, but um, I watched that in my house in Sheffield, and we have Brett on the line, who's currently stuck in his car in Oxford. How are you, Brett? I've been better, honestly, Chris. Um, as you say, I am stuck in the car. Literally, I don't know if you've ever been to uh, Oxford before. They're, um, their ground is opposite, like a, there's like a... There's a bingo hall and a bowling alley and a TGI Fridays and there's a big car park around the back of it. Um, I am currently sat in that car park. It's half past 10. So what, the game finished 45 minutes ago, I think. Basically, not even turn my engine on. I've been sat in the car just waiting to move. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm not going anywhere, mate, to be honest. I went to the old Manor Grant Stadium where it was like 16 separate stands. But I've never been to the new one yet. Have they got that stand finished behind the goal? Is that no, still a car park? No, that, that, that's uh, still a car park. That's, that's a weird thing, isn't it? Like You can park outside there and spend... Like, you can literally watch your car from the ground if you want. Thankfully, Will Griggs' penalty was at the other side. Otherwise, someone's windstream would have been uh, put through. But it's a, uh, yeah, it's an <laughs> odd stadium, to be fair, mate. So, so the people in the ground can still see you, can they? Yeah, that's exactly it. And it's also... Actually, it was quite funny. There was a um, like a transit van parked outside the ground with three blokes just sort of standing on top of it so um yeah w- welcome to league one uh even though well, it's a league <laughs> cup game but yeah it's a, it's a definitely a lower league ground this one okay sounds good and someone in the car park's got uh got the present of um will greg's penalty miss match ball over oh well there's, there's, there's a few balls went out so there's a couple of um christmas presents being sorted already this year <laughs> so what do you think of the game then how do you think it went brett to be fair, it was one of those weird games where, well, it's just a typical Sunderland game at the moment. So I saw 25 minutes, I thought we looked all right without really pressuring their goal yet. We weren't, we weren't even having any shots, but we had a lot of the ball, we sort of knocked it about. So, yeah, first half was very poor. Uh, Max Power missed an absolute sitter a couple of minutes before the end. Um, and then we sort of like changed it around, well, say, I think first sort of five, ten minutes into the second half were poor again um, and then only uh, 9 come on thought he changed the game should have had a penalty um, I think he scored I, I wasn't even sure what, it wasn't announced what our goal scorer was I'm, I'm assuming it was him did, not, did oh, 9 score our goal? No, no it was McNulty I was not to say that because not yeah. all around us no one knew who scored the goal because Oxford didn't even announce it No so, it was a good, yeah. nice little finish No it's, like, it's a bit of a bundle in the box and it's all yeah finished it nicely but it's like we, we could see who it was yeah. Um, yeah 09 should have had a penalty second half I think we should have had a first one as well I think Lynch got taken out in the first half as well well yeah to be fair Lynch was kind of walking the line with some of his tackles he could have easily had a yellow card in the first half and then his tackle that led to him actually going off could have been a could have been a yellow card I thought uh, yeah Lynch I thought was walking a bit of a tightrope with the referee but um, yeah so I mean in terms I thought in the first half it was it was pretty even but I thought you know I thought we came out the second half actually looking looking like we actually wanted it so Parkinson must have said something half time I think it took a little bit to kick in personally um, I say if we all sort of look at things differently I think I think so, for me it was a like nine coming on that changed it and all of a sudden it looked like we, we were going to get back into it um, the crowd were well up for it second half especially um, I'm a bit more croaky than I usually am it was um, you know it, it felt good yeah, the, the green shoots is where the best thing I can explain the last half hour especially for that game we weren't great overall but so I do agree with saying we definitely wanted it in that second half those players deserved something out of that game you know it's a bit unfair you know, to, to, to lose on penalties is always hard I know we're not overly bothered by the league cup um, I suppose I've lost at Oxford and get hammered seven or eight nil by Man City at some point. So it's um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult. It's a funny game, isn't it? You know where mm. you're not too bothered that you lost, but I think we did deserve to go through. Yeah, yeah. So so what what were the fans like? Do the were the fans? Was it because it was a cold night uh, tonight? So were they were they up for it from the off? I'll tell you what, the fans were really good tonight, and um, I have 
to say a little bit of a special um, like mention because I actually met up with the Thames Valley Mackums. Um, I think that they're on Twitter at TV Mackums. Um, a guy called Les there who sorts it out, and I met up with him and his missus. And for some unknown reason, she was wearing both a yellow jumper and yellow um, coat, which is ideal when you're going to play Oxford away. Uh, but they're a really, really nice couple. Um, I met a few other lads as well. There's a Paul, Kieran, um, and Kieran's dad, whose name I can't remember. I feel really rude. I forgot his name. <laughs> um, they're a really good bunch of lads. Um, for me, and I know like, normally when I go to away games, it's just normally me and my dad. Uh, he's actually away um, for a few days. So I was on my on my Todd. But it was great to actually meet up with some people and you know beforehand and have a chat about the game and have a beer and stuff. So yeah, really, really good. I know the club have been kind of pushing to get the branches going. And that was sort of you know, Les started this up just you know a couple of months back. And they've got like 200 um followers on Twitter already. And they met they met up last weekend uh for the game on Saturday. So yeah, it was really good. So yeah, special mention though to the um the, the at TV Mackhams. Um but for the fans in the grounds. Yeah, we, they were well up for it today. Um, I know I've been to games in Milton Keynes when we played the Dons in the League Cup, and it was quite. A, I know sometimes the Northern fans get annoyed at the Southern fans, and yeah, as if they're not loud enough or, or whatnot. But tonight there was none of that. The fans were behind the team 100%. You know, I didn't have a negative comment. You know, towards the players, fans were singing. You know, you know all game long, especially like I say that last half hour. Um, you know, the fans were really, really up for it. So, you know, I say it's green shoots. I think if the players play like they did in the second, in the last half hour, the fans will back them. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, you mentioned the Southern fans. How were the Oxford fans? Were they were they up for the League Cup? Or because it sounded like the last 10, 15 minutes it turned into a a real kind of cup tie. It was going from end to end. And, and to be fair, it looked like there was only one team who was going to win it and that, that, that was us. But Oxford nearly caught us on the break a couple of times. But it sounded like as the game was approaching the end, approaching the 90-minute mark, that the fans, the whole ground seemed to start getting right into it, thinking there was going to be some sort of big you know finale. You're right, actually. It was, it, it become that real cup, last night, last night, a real cup tie atmosphere. You know, they, they were quite quiet in parts and, you know, it, it's quite handy because some of the songs they sing are the same songs that we sing. Um, so so they almost get our fans going sort of thing. You know, they start singing, you know, we're by far the greatest team. And all of a sudden the Sunderland fans would hijack it. But no, they, to be fair to them, they, you know, they sung their hearts out. They, you know, they, when they, obviously they won it, they're through, you know, the, the singing, that, you know, off, off to Wembley. Um, you know, you felt like saying to them, you know, lads were there last year twice. It's rubbish. But, you know, yeah, fair play to them. I hope they, you know, good luck in the next rounds. You know, they deserve, you know, yeah, on the night. It could have gone either way. Penalties is a bit crap to go out on. It was a bit weird as well because no one quite knew what the situation was going to be um, at full time. <laughs> was it? Is it extra time? Is it straight to penalties? It was a bit of a weird one. So, yes, yeah. some people like myself need to do homework <laughs> before they yeah. games. I think, didn't, did they put something on the, the kind of the, the tannery system? Because I'm sure I heard them make an announcement or something that was going straight to penalties. That's or, exactly what it I'm, was. That's yeah. There was an announcement because they made a sub on like the 90th minute, 92nd minute. And no one was quite sure why the sub was. And some said, oh, but it must be because you can take a penalty. Um and, and yes, and, and lo and behold, that was the reason. There was a really ra- random thing as well that I must mention. As the players were coming off at full time, some random bloke, I saw a like a Kuwait flag in opposite us that was hanging up. And all of a sudden, this bloke ran on the pitch waving this Kuwaiti flag. And this steward bombed after him and did the most perfectly timed sly tackle I think I've ever seen. <laughs> he... He would have got none of the ball, but completely took out the man. <laughs> Sorry. Are you sure it wasn't Lynch? Because I think England and a few of them tonight. It might well have been. It was, I say, it was a, it, I'll tell you what, we could have done with him at that time. It was a great, great tackle. So, yeah, um, as, as a whole, it's it was what it was. It was a game that was a bit of a freebie. Had we gone through, happy days. Had we not, yeah, let's focus on the league. Um, I'm still sat in the car park, not moving. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually right. going to um, I'm going to Southend game on Saturday. I'm taking my daughter and my dad up. Um, fingers right. crossed, I might be actually out of here by then. <laughs> <laughs> so ho- hopefully we'll we'll have something for, from you on the uh, Southend game next week. Definitely, mate. I'll be, I will yeah. be back. Nice one. Well, hopefully as well. I mean, on a 
on a sound up about Lynch, uh, actually, it looked like he'd, he'd really kind of done his knee in at first. And I know he, he kind of limped off, which is a kind of a good sign. But um, hopefully he's OK for the weekend because it'll be interesting whether he, he, he sticks with his three at the back experiment or whether he goes back to the back four. It was unusual um, say seeing it because obviously we, we did it with Ross for the first couple of games and it didn't work. Obviously, I don't think we had the time we had Lynch at the time to, to try it with him in as a back three. Uh, to me, I don't know, I like, it seems to stifle us a little bit. As I say, we only had one up front and then you had that sort of centre of uh, Dobson, Power and Ledbetter. For me, there's not a great deal of pace in out of them three. And then sort yeah. of like you had McGeady kind of floating behind. But McNulty always seemed to be a little bit isolated. As I said before, he's not the tallest, so he's not great for these wingers putting crosses in. But in fact, in that, you know, none of our, our team's not very big anyway for yeah. me. Apart from, you know, not like Charlie White, because he's injured. And that's, I know when Parkinson came in, it was, he liked the big man up front. But I don't know if that team suits crosses into the box. You kind of touched on it there. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. I thought we we actually looked better when we we had McNulty and Greg up top, but they were pushing right on onto the Oxford kind of back four, almost looking in for balls in behind. Yeah, we looked more dangerous when those two were kind of focal points rather than one dropping off and and having one person isolated without anybody within kind of twenty yards of them. No, definitely. I, I, I was sort of making odd little notes as and when I could if any sort of stops in playing. One of them I did make a note of saying we need two up front. Mm. Now, I believe we've got quite good footballers in this team. Players who can actually play the ball and pass it around. It seems that the tactic today was McLaughlin, hoof it out to um, McLaughlin on the right or Hume on the left. And the ball quite a few times is just coming back. And you think these players, you know can play they're good footballers they can pass a ball around I know like Ledbit has got like a, a Gerrard type ball in him every so often but then it's not consistent enough you know we haven't got any consistently players who can hit these 35 40 yard passes just play around play the ball around these teams and we, we seem to get a lot better for that but I say it's it's for me the last half hour were, were definitely green shoots coming through um, you know if you can play like that every you know, for 90 minutes, I didn't last half hour. We all beat teams in this league without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially at home. If we go at teams at home with two up front and, and you know, kind of go from it from the off and really kind of attack teams. And and I suppose the key is just basically say that, yeah, so the, the two front, especially at home, um, if we really push that and start on the front foot, then more often than not, you'd expect us to get the three points. So, I'm, I'm I'm hoping from the last 10-15 minutes, Parkinson's got a bit of food for thought for for the weekend and and maybe maybe for for the rest of the season because you just want us to be on the front foot sometimes and really go teams and and you think we're not quite just going from it from the off. No, hundred percent. And I, I think that Tranmere game last week was is a perfect example of what happens when we do attack teams and we go for it. You know, we we just ripped them apart. You know, and we could shoot. We can't just league games against these teams. Let's just attack them. And I 100% what you're saying there, I 100% agree with you. You know, we should be beating these teams. We're better footballers than these, you know, a lot of these teams. We should be beating, you know, just attack them. Let them, you know, I think the lad said it last week on the pod, you know, just attack teams and let them fear coming to the stadium alike as opposed to it's going to be a great day out. Exactly. And I mean, thinking about the cup, we would have only gotten Man City in the next round and getting hammered anyway. So. Well, that's exactly it, mate. I think it was just, it's nice to get a little bit of a cup run. I often say it's no, you know, it's not a bad thing having cup runs, but we've got bigger fish to fry. We're not going to win the league cup, are we? So, you know, bow out now. You know, say it's a bit of a shame we lost on penalties. There's some positives to take from it. You know, let's try and be positive and not massively negative. You know, but yeah, it's not the end of the world we lost tonight. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I'm I'm going to keep saying it's a draw. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Oxford, Oxford put a strong side out. We probably deserve to win the game on the balance of play, especially in the second half, especially in the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and on a personal point of view, massive positives for me because I was at the Peter McGrain and I was at the Wickham game. Tonight's actually been my first goal of the season. So I'm <laughs> over the moon to actually get to celebrate a goal. <laughs> I think that's about 100 and was it 250 odd minutes. I think I went now about a goal this season. So, yeah, at least that's one monkey off my back. 
Brilliant. And we, we can actually allow you to go to games in future than uh, away games. So. That, that's exactly it. And now I actually know who scored the goal as well, which is even better. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, on that note, thanks very much, Brett, from uh, from your car in Oxford. I hope you get uh, home some point before the weekend. It would be nice. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, yeah, cheers for giving us a call. Brilliant. Cheers, Brett. Have a safe Thank journey you. on. Cheers, mate. Take care. That was a, a really interesting reaction from from Brett there um, and, and a good chat with, with Chris. So we're going to go into playing our, our new game uh, devised by uh, Martin Wanless over in, in Australia, playing away where the host, which is me this week, again, picks a game from, uh, from this time of year in years gone by. I've picked a game for, from the 1st of November in 1994. So that game was, I will give you the result. It was Sunderland 1, Charlton Athletic 1. It was at Roker Park in front of a massive crowd of 14,085. Um, so do we want to go through go through the lineup? Who do we think we had in goal back then? Well, I'm just going to say one thing. I was born on the 24th of September 1994. <laughs> so, two month old Michael. Do you, do you remember who we had in goal? I was probably. I think I was at this match. I'm pre- I don't know if you were as well, uh, Chris. Uh, oh, I, I, I was there. I, I used to go in the clock stand paddocks. Um, Three pound fifty to get in. Fifty pence a program. Laughing. Ah, Brilliant. Those days. were the days. Those were the days. I was probably. I don't know. I was I was twelve, so probably I'd graduated from the um, from the Roker end to the uh, the main stand corner of the full end, which is my regular place to to stand um, back in the day. So who do you think we had in goal then, Chris? Oh, 1990, <laughs> so this is this is nineteen ninety four. This is. I'll give you the. I'll give you the the, the manager um, was Mick Buxton. It was Mick Buxton. So hang on. So we're talking. Give us the date again. It was uh, no no googling. It was no, the no. first the first of November nineteen ninety four. We're talking about Ensley Division One, so that was yeah. the what is now the Championship. Um, yeah, one one so against this, Charlton. This was the season where was this the one where Buxton took over from Butcher? I think. I, Butcher wasn't there that long, was he? Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm sure it was. Um, or maybe been Buxton's full season, so he took over the season before. Because I remember his, I was at his first game when Collymore ripped us uh, a new one at Roper Park. Oh, yeah, was, that was South End, was it? Yeah, and, and no, Forrest. For, not Forrest, Forrest, yeah, he scored He scored for South End against us as well. I remember yeah. that. He always used so, to score against us. At this point, it was probably, oh, was it Norman or Chamberlain? Oh, Going to go for oh, Chamberlain. It was Chamberlain in goal. Well done. Fair play. So, um, your defenders, chip in anything you want here, Michael. I'll try um, my best. I might know names. <laughs> so, um, at so, uh, right back, one oh, of my favourite players of all yeah, time. Yeah, he, he, he bought him the se- He got him on loan the season before, then bought him in the summer for for a hundred grand. It was Darius. It was Darius Kubicki or Kubicki. Or and, I've never quite worked out how to say his name, but it was Darius. It was. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 uh, the Polish wing back, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, a left back, <sighs> lo- local lad. Local lad. Oh, I was going to go Anton Rogan. So l- local <sighs> lad, left back. Wasn't well. Mickey Gray would have made his debut by then, wouldn't he? Because he on the butcher. No, but uh, no. if we. So who who do you say, Michael? I was going to say Mickey Gray as well. Mickey yeah. Gray. No, well. but but if 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 we. You know, we couldn't get Cantonar, but we did have... Oh, Dickie Ord. We did have Dickie Ord no, instead. He wasn't a very good left-back, mind. No, was, well, it's... It's much it's, better when Reedy moved him to centre-half. Yeah. Well, in centre-half, now, if if you get one of the two centre-halves, um, that I'm, I'm going to get, I'll, well, I'll get you both drunk. I think, looking at the lineup, unless we played five at the back, and I don't think Mick Buxton was that adventurous... No. Um, four, five, I, think, one, no. I think I'll give you ball. He's in the squad, but I don't think he was playing centre back. Really? I'm not. I'm not sure because there's two names in this team that I've had to look up. 
basically. <laughs> I didn't. I, I have no recollection of two well, lads in this team well, butch, ever having played bought, for us. But you bought Melville, so Melville will have been in there. Andy Melville was in the team. And Bowley at the back. So that would, that would unless there's another centre-half, which I can't really think of. We're going to... Uh, Go go through some of the the more the more familiar Bennett, names Bennett from that time. Lee Howie. Ben Benno wasn't Benno wasn't playing that game. Lee Howie wasn't in the squad. Martin Scott was it? Martin, Martin Smith was in there. Martin Scott was a, a bit later, a bit later no, in the nineties. Yeah, Martin, no, no, Martin Scott. It was that season. Later on that season, was he it? Swapped just before deadline day. I think he swapped Gary Hours uh, from. Um, for Martin Scott and a bit of money for Bristol City. So, so you've got another name there who was in the squad, who was in the team, Gary Hours. Oh, Gary Hours, yep. Gary Hours was there. there. By that point, yeah. And then um, uh, up front, we've we, uh, somebody we've who's regularly so commentating so on. We've got a back four. So we've got Darius, we've got Dickie Odd left back, we've got Bowley and Melville centre half. We've got Gary Hours probably centre midfield by this point. So we need, and we've got Martin Smith on the left. So Can some... you say Bali as well? Bali, Bali's in there. I'm still not convinced that he was he 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 was in central defence. So we need this. I think we need another centre midfielder and a right midfielder. Honestly, if you if you if anyone gets the two wild card names in this, the both of whom were substituted, I think at the same point in the game. No, a bit later in the game. Um, right midfield. It was playing right. I'm out. I won't notice. <laughs> this is oh, well, the up, up up front's probably easier to get. One one of whom's oh, a regular commentator on Sky I on Championship games. I guess it's, I guess it's the G Force. Yeah, it was the G Force. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the second the second G Force. <laughs> uh, Goodman. The first was Gabardini and Gates, isn't it? And then we've got up front um, Don Goodman and. Phil Gray, the two names, and you aren't going to get them, honestly. Give us a second. Right midfield. I'm assuming Armstrong wasn't in the squad, so Gary Hours was sent. It was Gordon Armstrong in there. Armstrong wasn't in there. Give, give us a clue. It was. Well, it was one of them signed. Signed I by. T- I, I'm not even sure. Well, they must have both been signed by Buxton. I'll, on the bench, just to rule these out. On the bench was Martin Gray and Craig Russell, and they came in for yeah, a lad called Ian Rogerson. Oh, from Birmingham. Butcher ah, bought him. Butcher bought him. He 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 was in the crash because he dis he um he was in the you know when the five signings signed for um, Terry Butcher, and oh, they're, right. they're in Derek Ferguson's car and the that that smash on the roundabout. I must have missed. I was only twelve. I must have missed that. Ian Rogerson was in that because it was coming back from. Oh, I want to say Alan Harper's testimonial at uh, at Middlesbrough, and it was a pre-season friendly. And uh, Derek, Derek Ferguson was going too fast coming up to a roundabout, and I think he went round the wrong way. Wow! And well, five five players were injured. All these new stuff. <laughs> so, so maybe the other the other um, lad whose name I I'd just never seen before. Was in that car, and that was Ian Snodden. No, Ian Snowden. Snowden. He had him on loan from Everton. He was he was part of the the brilliant Everton side of the the eighties. Um, right. He was them. Um, you Look know, at this. Oh, like the media. You know, Glenn you know, Snowden, who was assistant manager under um, Grayson. Oh it's yeah. His brother. It's his brother. Oh, yeah, there you go. Um, yeah. Well, and Buxton got him on loan for a, about a month because I had him. Um, it was one of the questions for a quiz a few weeks back that I did. Um, and yeah, he had one for about a month. I think he played about seven games and I think he was about 34, 35 by this point. He was, he was, he was past veteran. I think, I think he played six games um, for Sunderland, um, six in the league and Rogerson played five plus five substitute appearances. Yeah. He was a, he was a, Decent player, I think, uh, the season before for Birmingham, and he uh, he played well against us, and I think that's where Butcher Butcher noticed him. Um, but once he got injured <laughs> before the season even started, um, the season before this one, um, uh, he he never got going after that, and I think he left yeah playing a handful of games. Yeah. I I really seriously those names have have never registered with me, but I was I was only 
10, 11, 12 at the time. Uh, I'll just, I'm going to give a bit of a shout out to um, the statscat.co.uk for the, for the stats there and the, and the, and the, and the team list. But uh, you got there in the end or almost you got nine out of 11, which was, which is pretty good. If you'd given us about an hour, I would have went through all of the players, I think. And, uh, or a couple of days for me, maybe. <laughs> and, and, and some Google. <laughs> so, so finally, on today's Rugger Report Exiles podcast, I um, was very fortunate last night before the Oxford United match to speak to Sean Coxon from the North America Supporters Association, otherwise known as NASA. Now, Sean's uh, over there in, in New Jersey and, and give us half an hour of his time before the match and tell us uh, a little bit about the Sports Association and um, some of the stuff they get up to and a couple of gold anecdotes in this. So on the line from um, New Jersey, we have Sean Coxon from the North American Supporters Association, otherwise known as NASA. So, Sean, I'm guessing from your accent, because we were talking just before I uh, started recording, that you're um, not uh, a, a New Jersey native. Uh, no, I'm not actually. Um, I'm, I'm, you're going to laugh. I'm from Wild's End. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, well, I, I was brought up in Gateshead, and my father's obviously a big Sunderland supporter. Used to take us to Roker Park as a kid. So, started off in the Roker end, ended up in the Fulwell, and obviously, you know, it stayed with us. The, the first game I remember really was, I don't know if you remember it, you were about my age, um, Huddersfield, when, when Vidges come on and scored two. Oh, that was, I think that, so. That was one of my best memories. That, by the way, because uh, I was new to the, I was new to it and stuff. And I think that was my first game in the football end, you know. And what well, getting beat as well, if I'm if, I, if I'm right in thinking. And then we had Shea given in goal, and Bridges come on and scored two. We won the game three two. And I think oh, we went on to win the league that season as well. So yeah, it was a, it was a great team that one with Bridges coming through. I it really was Shea given, and then he went and ruined our uh, and and oh, broke God. our hearts. Oh, I uh, I, I remember as a kid, I could hardly get over that, that he went and played for Newcastle. I know, for so as well, a million pound or something, wasn't it? I know, I know. Anyway, so, uh, so you were over there in uh, New Jersey, you've been there for a couple of years? So I, I came out here, I, co- I coach football, or soccer as they like to call it out here, uh, which I'm still refusing to call it by, by the way, I still call <laughs> it football. Um, so I came out here in 2012, um, I originally came out here for like nine months and then Ended up with a family and stuff, so I've been here ever since. You know, I've got a green card and stuff now, so I'm happy. And, yeah, I mean, I miss Saturdays. Saturdays are the one thing I miss the most. You know, like, going to the match with the boys and stuff. Um, it's not the same out here, if I'm being honest. Every every other part of life I love, apart from I miss Sunderland. So. Do, you, do you go much football locally? Do you go watch any of the teams in, like, New York, New Jersey area? I Well, I used to, um, I, I mean, I used to work for the Red Bulls and stuff, so I used to get tickets for them. And I go and watch NYCFC a lot. I watched them a lot when Perlo was there, because I love Perlo. He's one of my favourite players. But obviously, they play at the Yankee Stadium, and it just doesn't look right. You know, having, having, having football in the baseball stadium and stuff, and uh, I just couldn't really get away from it, you know, so I just thought, nah, I'm not going to go again. It, it's difficult, isn't it, when you move to a new place? You do go go and watch new new teams, you know, your local teams. I mean, I live in uh, northwest Wales, and I, I went to watch Bangor City quite a lot, but they've, mm. dropped, they've dropped down the leagues really quickly. I mean, the quality football there, uh, I think, is, is well below what you'll find in the MLS as well, right? But, uh, well, I'm happy amazed at that. <laughs> nah, well, I mean, look, when I, when I was going to watch the Red Bulls, that Henri Cahill, that's some good players, you know, mm-hmm. and obviously... But then they got rid of the whole, the wanted local players. I think we're trying to get rid of the, the MVPs and stuff and bring yeah. in, like, the wanted to bring youth so the teams, you know, they're not, they're not what they were. But, hey, you know, it doesn't really bother us because I'm, I'm not really a Red Bulls fan, so. <laughs> no, no, you're a Sunderland fan. And, um, and so can you tell us a little bit about the branch and kind of what you get up to and, and all that? Yeah, so I'm the um, I'm a regional rep for NASA, the the North America Sunland Association. You'll never see a mag on the moon. That's what we normally <laughs> say. We do we do get togethers and stuff. We watch the games in a bar called Legends in New York. Brilliant bar. I don't know if you if you know New York. If you've been, no, I've never been, it. never been. Well, it's it's a bar. It's called the it's called Legends, but downstairs it's called the Football Factory. You know, the guy's great. Who runs it? We go in there. We get a full English. We we get a setup on the. Um, if Sunderland aren't on ESPN or anything, we can use the link and we'll just use the link and we'll just we'll, we'll log in that way and get it on the big screen and stuff. So, yeah, we, we, we go there, we watch games together and stuff. It's it's pretty good. I enjoy it. 
Fantastic. And you've got chapters across North America, America and Canada as well. Yeah, yeah. everywhere, America and Canada. We do every year we do get togethers and stuff. Um, you know, we've had Lee Howie out here last year, Darren Williams has been out here, um, Tony Norman a few years back. So we get we get players and stuff um out here and we, we you know have we have like a big we have a yearly meeting every yeah. year, like a, an annual in one location and everyone just piles together and tries and gets there or we just have um, we have like certain games. The next game is the Coventry game. That's when we're going to meet next. So, yep, that should be good in November. So hopefully we'll get a few so, along. So you've been meeting up in Legends in November for the for the Coventry yeah, game. Yeah, I think I, mean, I should know because I'm organising it. I think it's the <laughs> 23rd of November. I think, but don't hold us to it because I'm poor with Dave. So how many members have you got then? It sounds like there's a kind of few of you over there. I well the. Um, We've got about 90 between New York and New Jersey, 90, 100. But like I say, that's just New Jersey, New York. So obviously, there's, I don't know how many more there is because obviously I only focus on New Jersey, New York. But yeah, we, we have a lot of, you'd think a lot of them would just be expats and certain and stuff. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of Americans as well. You know, there's a lot of American guys, to, you know, who are, who are suddenly supporters, I think, because of the documentary and because of Claudio Rain, I believe it or not. I mean, Claudio really? Rain was massive out here. Yeah, like. He's a New Jersey boy as well. A lot of them, you know, a lot of lads like Claudio, and they just they just jumped on Sunderland because of that. So well, it, it works the other way around. I mean, I've I've recently started to try and follow a bit of the MLS and and started um, well following on social media, not watching any of the games yet. Um, Minnesota United because they've got um, Vito Minoni in goal. Yeah. In goal. Mm-hmm. He's just won. Um, MLS goalkeeper of the year or something like that. Yeah, he was excellent as well, Vito. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's a natural thing, is it? Where you got an affinity for a a player, you can you can uh, pick up uh, you know the next club that they go to. I think um, right, VVV yeah. Venlo have, have have picked up quite a few Sunderland fans uh, from from hiring uh, Lee Catmull this so year. I don't I can imagine, I. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so there are some natives out there, and, and do you think then that the documentary has had an impact on oh, massive. I mean, just just on Sunland in general. It's, it's like there, there was before Sunland till I died. There was a documentary. I don't know if you've seen it out there. It was on NBC. It was called um, "Keep the Faith: The Sunland AFC Story." Uh, Try and look for it on YouTube. I thought it was a, it was only a one hour NBC special, but the show did a prime time NBC, and it was brilliant. It was all about the city of Sunland and the club and the fans and the passion and. I, like, I went into work the next day and everyone was like, oh, did you see that documentary on NBC about Sunderland? So that was excellent. And then obviously the Sunderland Till I, I Die, um, it's funny because I went to the Yankee Stadium. I went to the Yankee Stadium a month after it recorded and I had my Sunderland hat on and I had four people coming up going, Sunderland, Sunderland Till I Die. And they were all Americans and I'm filling my car up with gas and there's people, oh yeah, Sunderland Till I Die. So it's, it's been huge out here, it really has. It's been excellent for the club as well. You know, like to, to show the club. I think obviously it's sad. We know how it ends and stuff, but I just think in terms of portraying the club and, and the fan base, especially because I'm getting Americans now saying oh, he's really getting thirty five thousand in League One. That's unbelievable. Like, they, you know, they can't believe. Yeah, it. yeah. So from from that point of view, it's really good. You know. No, it do, it does paint us in a in a in a really good light, and you know the fact that it's it's lads from Sunderland who've made it. It's you know they've got Martin Longstaff doing the music. It's 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 yeah. very much like embedded in the in the culture of the of the of, of the city and the club and and it's great that it's spreading it. Well, do you know do you know what's funny? I was um I worked for a company last summer, a coaching company in New Jersey, and the president's son, Baron Trump, used to come in and he used to do like because they've got a golf course out here and he's massive on soccer. He's a two thousand. He was born in two thousand six, so he's. His knowledge of football is excellent for, for an American, no disrespect, because mm-hmm. a lot of the kids have only heard of Messi's and Neymar's and stuff. And his knowledge is brilliant. And what I, I was doing one of the camps, you know, and the Secret Service were there and stuff, and we're trying to keep it low-key. And I'm walking around, I've got my shorts on, and he went, Sunderland, I went, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he started laughing. He goes, what are you laughing for? And he goes, it's funny, because it could be worse. You could be a Sunderland supporter. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, whenever my dad's having a bad day, I say that it could be worse. You could be a Sunderland supporter. And I go, I was like, I was like, I was like, I didn't know if I take it as a compliment or, and I was like, what a cheek. But then I thought, you know what? I don't mind that, by the way. I think it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty funny. So, yeah, you know. It's funny. It is funny. I don't know what to make of it, really. 
That's crazy, isn't it? Shocking I'm not as big as fan, I have to say. Yeah, I'm not going to get involved. I just think it, you can just imagine them, say it, you know, and how would he react and stuff. And I was telling me dad, me dad was like, oh, you've got to try and get him a top and get, get it that way <laughs> over, you know? But um, I was, yeah, and he was like, he was like, yeah, that's what I say to me dad, it could be worse, he could be a Sunderland supporter. Oh. I mean, yeah. He probably has a few bad days, so he probably has it a lot. I'm so. sure he does, especially at the uh, minute. Uh, so, um, so what have you got coming up for our listeners in uh, in North America? Because we have quite a few. We're, we're, we're aware of that. We've got yeah. analytics and that. Well, the, the next gathering in New York, New Jersey, is the, the Coventry City game, as yeah. I mentioned. Um, November 23rd in Legends. Um, I was going to say 10 a.m., but it might be 11 now with the clock's changing. Um but we normally we normally get there early, you know, get a breakfast and stuff. Yeah. And that that's from New York, New Jersey point of view. And I know Toronto and stuff are quite busy. They're a big branch. They've got a lot going on. So yeah, just check out the website or you know to just go on, have a look at NASA, have a look what we're about, you know. And if anyone wants to get involved, then we'd be grateful. So yeah, the club are excellent, by the way. The club are, you know, we speak to Charlie a lot and Charlie Medvin, and the club are really mm-hmm. good, really supportive of it and stuff. So. I think it's quite nice, you know, the, the club appreciate the branch and stuff. So, yeah, that's all good. Well, there's a lot of potential for growth in North America for, for, for English clubs. And I mean, if we can get back to the Premier League sooner rather than later, um, yeah. it, could, it, it could really could really uh, explode, really, couldn't it? Well, hopefully. I went back in, in May for the playoffs and I get, I get back quite a bit, you know. Well, mm-hmm. I used to get back. I used to get back every... The football season, now, GF finishes end of November, so... I normally I normally go back every Christmas. Um, I went to Bradford last year. I went to Bolton. Um, and not Bolton, sorry, Blackpool. And we took 10,000. That was brilliant. But this year, my girlfriend's expecting another child. So I'm not allowed to come back. So thank you. But yeah, <laughs> we're busy. You know, we're trying to trying to grow the branch and trying to spread the word out here. You know, so... Well, good luck with that. And thanks for your time, Sean. Uh, we've got uh, the Oxford City match coming up in... Uh... In, a, in, a, in a half an hour's time, so we both yeah. uh, better get our uh, various streams and uh, radio uh, stations open and and headphones on and uh, and get following the lads uh, on their Carabao Cup exploits. Well, fingers crossed for that. And um, it was lovely to speak to you, Sean. Stay in touch. Hi, and uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the show, by the way. You, you, oh, you cheers, mate. Doing excellent. So fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, I'm, mate. I'm still getting used to. Sorry, I'm still getting used to having the. The London guy talking by the way about Sunderland. I still think, you know. Brett. Um, yeah, he's a good laugh, by the way, but I laughed because I was driving the other day and my mate went, what's this, a Sunderland podcast? I went, ah, he went, there's a cop. I went, ah, he's a Sunderland supporter. And he just, he just shook his head. I was like, ah, you know. It tastes all sorts, doesn't it? We've got people who've, who've no connection to the club whatsoever, part of the Exiles uh, gang and, and all passionate Sunderland fans to a man. Yeah, it's funny when you go when you go away, the further down south you get past Birmingham, you, you meet a lot of a lot of Sunderland fans with London accents. So, yeah, yeah. You know. There was loads at Wickham the other week. There was plenty. I was talking to a couple of lads in the in the in the queue who were native to London but Sunderland fans their entire life. It's a, a family tradition, and hopefully you'll be bringing uh, bringing your kids up in it as well, will you? Aye, well, my son, my son's called Niall. Oh, there you go. Good, well, strong yeah, name. I, I love it. I've got another one, Jew, and she's like, she's like, I'm naming it, I'm naming it. But like, <laughs> I don't know. I wanted to call him Kevin Phillips, but, you know, she wouldn't let us. She's just knocked that on the head. <laughs> I was going to have, like, Kevin and his middle name Phillips, but nah, you know, she's, she's kicking off. But it's funny because she's Irish, and she's like, do you like the name Aiden? And I'm thinking, you know what? I quite yeah. like You know, and I like Aiden McGeady, so I think, you know what? I haven't told about Aiden McGeady because she'd put a block on it, but um, I'm thinking, yeah, it's not a bad name. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, it was nice to speak to you, Sean, and uh, right. keep in touch, was, mate. Was, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. No worries, man. So that that anecdote uh, there from, uh, from Sean Coxon was absolute gold dust about uh, Baron Trump and uh, Sunderland not being as bad as some of the days that uh, that Donald Trump's been having recently. Um, so with with, uh, with with that out of the way, uh, I'd like to say uh, thank you and goodbye to um, Chris Wynn in Sheffield. See you later, man. Cheers, Rich. And, and thanks for letting us reminisce about the Buxton days. Absolutely. It's it's a it's a much maligned uh, era in our era in our uh, history, I have to say. Don't, don't and uh, 
<laughs> and, uh, and and Michael Dunn as well, safely back um, in Dublin now from it from his trip over to over to England uh, this week. Cheers, Rich. Thanks for li- thanks for lift again. No worries, no worries. Anytime, anytime. All right, Good speak day. to you both soon, and uh, there'll be another pod, I'm sure, coming up pretty soon for all of our listeners. Sarah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.